Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hello and welcome to the Arrowhead Pride podcast we call From the Podium, where you get to hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney. It's the week before the week. Super Bowl 55 coming at us next Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Arrowhead time. This was the only Chiefs media availability of the week. We got to hear from Chiefs head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, safety Tyron Matthew, wide receiver Tyree Kill, and we finished up with defensive tackle. Chris Jones. So we'll go to Reed and Mahomes first. We'll take a quick break and then we'll get to the other guys. You can always check in the description if you want to hear from someone in particular. First up, let's start with the Chiefs head coach. Here is Andy Reed. The only person really that didn't practice today was uh, Eric Fisher. Everybody else practiced and uh, got some reps in. So um, with that, we look forward to the challenge of playing the Bucs. Now they have a heck of a good football team and obviously, or they wouldn't be in this position and, and a great coaching staff. So, um, with that time, George. We'll go first to Herbie Tioki. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Coach. I um, just wanted to get this one out of the way. Eric Bieniemy obviously was passed up again, seven head coaching jobs. Uh, two-part question here. How surprised and disappointed are you that he was passed over again? And, and secondly, on the flip side, how pleased are you going to have him for another year as you prepare for the Super Bowl? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I, I'm glad I have him, but I'm not so glad I have him, you know, so um, I was I was really hoping that he would he would have an opportunity uh, to take one of these jobs. I, I mean, you guys know what I think of him. I, I think he's great and I think he'll be, he would be great for any of the number of teams that opened up and and help him win football games and also develop men into men. So, you know, I, I just think he's a great, great person that way. Next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Andy, a couple things. Um, first, I'm just curious whether you guys are doing anything different these two weeks with regard to COVID that maybe you didn't do in the regular season, taking any extra precautions. And Brad, I'll have one quick follow-up as well. Yeah, so Adam, the league has done a nice job of um, just increasing the different things that they've asked us to do to make sure that we keep ourselves safe and um, you know, so that, I mean, we're, we're rolling with that. Uh, they've got a good plan. They've done a lot of research on it. So, um, we're just following along what the league has. Okay. And, um, Pat went to, uh, Kelsey and Hill a lot in the playoffs. And I know that's nothing new because he did a lot during the regular season as well, but he's setting records in how he's throwing to those guys in the playoffs. Anything um, unusual or, or particular about the two games you played that that um, led him to go that way so often? No, I listen. I mean, I just think that was in the it was within the progression, and he, he ended up reading through it. Um, he's he's using everybody, which is a good thing. But uh, those guys obviously um, end up being called on now. 
as you saw last time, the uh, the Bucks worked double teams against us on those two, and and um, so uh, you know we we've got to work on that and make sure we we've got those things covered there. Go next to Omar Ruiz. Go ahead, Omar. Hi, Andy. I'm just curious. You know, when you're facing a team that's as explosive as Tampa Bay, um, how that might affect your aggressiveness in game planning in a matchup like that. Yeah. So, I mean, in this league, you're you've got to stay aggressive all the time. I mean, teams are just too good, and you get to this this level here, and and um, the Bucks are good on offense or explosive on defense, both spots. And, and so you've got to do the best you can to, to score points and to stop them. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And, um, but this league, is, I mean, there's so much parity in this league and such a small margin between winning and losing, um, even the regular season, that you're not going to be using too many four-corner stalls, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's just not how you're going to roll. Go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Coach, just a question about your preparation. I know last year before you head down to Miami to play the 49ers, you tried to have the game plan installed. I know you guys won't be heading down until later this time. How has that changed maybe your thought process? And if it hasn't, why was that so effective to repeat it again? Yeah, so I'm, the media demands, I think, are greater next week than they are this week. Um, that's the way it is when you go to my uh, you know, to the last year when we went to Miami. So, um, uh, you know, I just want to make sure we have everything in and when we go with it um, and we can review it as we go uh, next week. So uh, no different that way in my thinking. Just, again, you guys have a job to do. This is a big event. And, and so uh, we know it's an increased time period that we'll be spending with you next week. We'll go next to Sam Mellinger. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Andy, uh, I'm curious, when you have a rematch like this, and I, I know you guys played in the back half of, of the season, week 12, but, uh, you know, teams change so much, right? Like, and, and I know you're going to look at everything, but generally speaking, can you give us an idea of, like, would you find the tape from your your, your game in week 12 more helpful, or do you find some of the more recent games that the Bucks have played more helpful in trying to get a, a feel for where they are right now? Yeah, so one of the advantages of having a week is you look at every game. I mean, that's just how you go back through and roll with it. So, um, but they're listen, they're a hot football team right now, and they're doing some really good things, and uh, both on both sides of the ball. I mean, Tom looked as good as he's looked that first half, and um, I mean, it's a tribute to their coaches and Tom and the guys around him. So, and then defensively, uh, Todd does a a ton of things on defense. So, um, we've got to, you know, you got to be sharp when you're playing against a Todd, Todd Bowles team. So let's go next to Sarin Petro. Good Sarin. Uh, coach and Brad, I'd, I'd like to follow up, but, but first, uh, you did work a long time coach with, uh, David Cully. And I know here in Kansas city, we may be micro focused on coach B but what were some of the traits that you saw? I mean, certainly he's, he's got a, a fine resume himself, but just kind of your impression of him as, as a head coach. And then I'll, I'll follow up with something. Yeah, David will good, do a good job. He he's a he's a people person. Um, he'll bring energy to the building, and um, one of the most loyal guys I've ever been around. So he's just uh, he's a he's a great person. I mean, we were together eighteen years, so you know it's we had a few cheeseburgers together. 
Uh, and then your defense, Coach. And I know offense, you know, maybe sells tickets, but defensively, your units really come together, and especially here in the postseason. Uh, did, did it did it click a little bit later this year? But do you feel like it's firing on the same kind of cylinders it was going into the postseason last year? Yeah, listen, I, they yeah they're they're doing well right now. So I, I think that we keep that up. Um, that, that'll be an important part of the game, obviously. Um, I, I thought we continually got better as the season went on. I thought Spags did a nice job of just introducing new things each week. And the guy, we got healthy um, and guys just played better. I mean, it does how, how it rolled, but we're sure playing at a, a decent level right now. And like I've told you, I told you this the other day, there's plenty of room to get, get better on both sides of the ball and special teams, but you know, we're working on all that. I mean, we're every day we're trying to do a little bit more to make ourselves better. Let's go next to Diana Rossini. Go ahead, Diana. Hi, Andy. Hi, Diana. Uh, nice to see you. Yes. Um, you know, looking back from when you guys first played, their front four was really dominant. And you guys obviously have some injuries on your offensive line now. What are you going to do to help? your O-line just improve and, and be able to keep up with, with, with this Bucks day. Yeah, they're, they're impressive. Um, and they're playing again, that, that group is playing at a very high level. You saw that, uh, with their front against green Bay and they had, they had constant pressure there on Aaron. So, um, you know, our guys are working hard at making sure fundamentally we're sound and schematically we're sound. And, you know, we've got to, yeah, you're right. We have to just make sure we we keep it tight there and good protection, run the ball well. You know, those things are important. So fundamentals right now, though. Got time for a couple more. We'll go Todd Lebo and then Vahe. Go ahead, Todd. Coach, I got a, maybe an unusual question, for, but it seems like a, maybe an appropriate time. You had some guys opt out voluntarily, you know, the doc and, and Damian Williams. Do you guys have any communication with them during this year? Do you, I know they've opted out of the team to – Still feel like they've been a part in any way. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Talk to them or yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we. Um, that's a decision they they made, personal reasons. So uh, that doesn't mean that we discard them. They're good people. So yeah, no, we've we've communicated. Yeah, absolutely. We'll go last to Vahe. Goodbye. Hey, Andy. Um, Fred, uh, if I could have a follow up to. Uh, Andy, obviously you've worked with a lot of great quarterbacks, had a lot of great relationships with them. And I know you, everybody has a hand in the offense, but I, I wonder if you might be able to describe what distinguishes your collaborative connection with Patrick. Yeah. Um, well, I, listen, I think he loves football. I think our coaching staff loves football. Um, I think you start, start with that. I think he's a good person. I mean, I'm, I, I like to have good people around here. I mean, that's a positive. Um, he's, he's a gym rat and I think every gym coach loves gym rats, you know, so we, we like having guys <clears throat> that enjoy being, being here and coming to work. So, uh, there's nobody that likes it more than he does. Right. So he, he's always around. He always wants to get better. I mean, these are all things I appreciate from. And then the other thing, I you know, the, the last team to repeat was the Patriots against uh, against your Eagles. And I, I'm curious, you're in the other position now. Do, do you recall having any any takeaway from either what the Patriots presented that day or, or through the game about how that 
was an advantage for them and something that applies to you in any way? Well, it was a heck of a football game. I, mean, I think it came down to three points or so. And, you know, I thought my guys played played well. I thought their guys played well. I just thought it was a good game all the way around. I would have liked to have come out on the other end of it. I thought Bill and his staff had a great plan. Tom played well. And uh, uh, Donovan played well. So, I mean, we had – it was back and forth there a bit. Greg Lewis actually – had the only touchdown, I think, for us in the, in the game. So, um, and he's on our staff now. But, uh, you know, I just, overall, I just thought it was a, a good game. You know, I, I mean, there were individual things I thought about. I, I, I remember from it, but uh, nothing that just, you know, blows my socks off there. Yeah. Coach, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. All right. Take care. Thanks. Patrick, hope you're well. I'm curious how much time you're spending consuming social media and just sports media in general leading up to the Super Bowl. Uh, probably just a normal amount. Uh, you just kind of go throughout it. You see it every now and then, but uh, you're mostly focused on uh, the game at hand. Um, and so uh, you, you see it when you when you log on just to get an update. Uh, I've seen a lot of like stock prices going up too. I've seen that. So a lot of stuff going on out in the world these days. We'll go next to Jory Epstein. Go ahead, Jory. Hi, Patrick. This season has obviously been very different for a lot of families with you and Brittany expecting. What have been some of those challenges when you're taking on this risk and how have you gone about navigating this? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely been challenging. Uh, we have to kind of how we've people are trying to quarantine more and more as the playoffs go on. We've been doing it the entire season. Uh, you just want to make sure that uh, obviously that I can play, but that, that the baby is healthy. And so uh, it's been something where we've been kind of keeping to ourselves, our small group of people that kind of go in and out of our house with my brother uh, and my assistant, Lacey. Um, other than that, it's been pretty much us all, all, all season long. Let's go next to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Patrick. Um, I wanted to backtrack a, a little bit um, to something during the offseason just to get your reflection. Um, you participated in the social justice movement, and I'm wondering if, if you foresaw the effect that it had and if that sort of bolstered your awareness of just the power of your platform looking back on it now. Yeah, I'm, I think the biggest thing for me was I think it was just time for action for myself. Uh, speaking for myself, it was time for me to say something. It was time for me to to go into the community and do what I can uh, to to make the world a better place. And I think that that was built up of me getting more and more confidence uh, of being able to play and be myself and show myself and and people respecting my uh, my platform and what I say. And so I wanted to make sure that I did whatever I thought was best to uh, to to help the world out and and everybody uh, and try to make everybody feel equal and everybody feel like they. They can they can go achieve their dreams. Go next to Miss Karen Kornacki. Go ahead, Karen. Hi, Patrick. Hello. First of all, does it? I want to ask you if it feels like a Super Bowl week, and then I want to ask you about the Bucks. How different they look to you than the last time you played them? So, does this feel like Super Bowl week? First of all. Uh, it's definitely a little different, um, compared to last year, last, but at the same time, last year, when we were here, we were practicing kind of the same manner, uh, making sure that we were ready to go. Um, it's probably, you're probably gonna get a little bit more info cause you get a full, full another week where you don't have as many obligations as far as going to different places and media night and everything like that. Um, so it's a little different, but at the same time, I mean, it just, it's just a football game at the end of the day and you have to make sure you're ready to go, uh, no matter, no matter when it is. Go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Patrick, you threw a lot to Kelsey and Hill, obviously, during the regular season, but you even upped that during the playoffs. You guys are setting some records right now. Anything about these last two games that you can point to why, the, why you went to them so often? 
Yeah, I think they just they're playing really good football right now. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, I'm just uh, taking what's there, trying to get the ball to the guys in space. I'm never someone that kind of chooses who I'm throwing to. I just throw it to whoever's open. Um, and so uh, those guys have been getting open. I've been able to get them the ball, and I'm sure the the Bucks have seen that as well. So I'm sure they'll have a game plan to try to slow those guys down, and we'll have to adjust to that. Let's go next to Sam Mellinger. Good, Sam. Hey, Patrick. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, something you were asked about earlier about the, the Twitter and, and uh, you know, you've done like some some things with your hands a few times. I, I'm just curious, do, do you remember the first time that, that you did something like that? And I'm also just curious if you like genuinely feel disrespected uh, sort of generally by national folks or whatever. I don't, I don't remember the first time I kind of, it's kind of in the moment type thing. Um, you don't necessarily, it's not like it's premeditated, I guess that'd be the word for it. Watching my law and order. Um, but, uh, no, it's, it's just something that kind of comes out whenever you're in the, when you're in the game and, and you're trying to do what you can, uh, to, to win and you, you kind of let that excitement out. But, uh, uh, it's not that I feel disrespected. I mean, uh, I mean, we, we, we get a lot of respect in this, but at the same time, uh, this, this team, it's, it's like, uh, we weren't winning by enough. I guess that's a stat. Um, so we wanted to make sure everybody knew that we could still play good football when we wanted to. Go next to Diana Rossini. Go ahead, Diana. Hey, Patrick. Hey, what's up? I, I just talked to Andy about some concerns um, up front. You know, obviously you guys have an injury and you know that the Bucks front four, they're really good. Mm -hmm. um, so can you take me through your thought process headed into this game with the game playing and game planning and knowing that you're going to have this challenge. How are you approaching this? Yeah, I think uh, they have a really good defense in general. I mean, obviously the, the front is, is special uh, at every single position, but the whole entire defense, uh, uh, they make a lot of plays. And so for us, um, you have to have trust in those guys up front. They work their tail off uh, just like everybody else. And so I felt like they've done a great job all year of going against a lot of good defensive fronts. And for me, I just got to get the ball in my hand in, in whatever way possible um, and not let those guys kind of destroy the game. You want to make sure that you get the guy, get it to our playmakers in space and try to see if we can make some plays happen. We'll go last to Vahe. Go ahead, Vahe. Hey, Patrick. Brad, I'll have one follow-up, too. I know we've asked you a lot of different ways about this over the last few years, Patrick, but when you think about your relationship with Andy, I, I wonder how you would describe the sense of connection with him. It seems like you guys really are remarkably on the same page. Then Brad will have the follow-up. Yeah, I think it comes from communication. I mean, we, we communicate throughout the week, me, him, Coach Bienemy, Coach Kafka, and we have a really good feel for for what we want to do and how we want to execute on the on game day. And so, when you have that much communication with those guys, um, and you're on the same page, you understand what they want, why they're calling plays, not just the play that's called. Um, you understand what what they're kind of trying to build up towards, and uh, you try to execute the game plan at the same way of the way they're calling it. And so, uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a cool thing to have these have these coaches here year in and year out. Um, that I've built this built this relationship with them that I understand exactly why we're calling every single play that we're calling. And then Brad, the follow-up, Patrick, the follow-up is really just, do you remember what age you were when you first became conscious of Tom Brady or what, what your first memories of him would have been, how far back that goes? It's probably September 17th, 1995 when I was born. He's been around for a while. <laughs> Patrick, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. You just heard from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, and now we continue on with safety Tyron Matthew. Uh, in week 12, when you face these guys, they were coming off a stretch where they were really struggling to throw the ball downfield. And since then, you know, especially the last few games, they've really stretched it out pretty good and, and become a, an explosive passing team. 
just what have you noticed in studying them that that's different, you know, from, from their lead up to your guys game last time and this time around? Well, I think really, you know, experience, you know, I think a lot of those guys, this is their first time playing together, you know, and I think great things take time, you know, and I think that those guys have been able to kind of settle in, you know, uh, create some familiarity with one another. Um, and then too, they got two running backs that can, that can really run the football well. So, uh, I mean, that can only, you know, add to, you know, the play action, deep shots down the field. And, you know, like I said, those wide receivers seem really comfortable now, you know, with Brady. Go next to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Tyron. What's up, man? Hey. Um, wanted to ask you just, just about the comebacks. Obviously, it was a theme of last postseason. You guys did get down almost double digits last game. Is there just a sense of because of what you guys went through last year that it's a particularly no big deal whenever things don't go well at the start of a football game? Yeah, I think, you know, a little bit, a little bit of that is just football, too. Um, I think at the end of the day, um, you know, we practice so hard. I think our preparation is is so important, you know, not only to the players, but to the coaches. And so um, I think ultimately that's what we fall back on. You know, we fall back on our preparation, you know, the little things, the little nuggets that our coaches have told us throughout the weekend. I think all those little things uh, give us, you know, the sense that we can kind of settle down and, and get back into any football game. Go next to Nick Jacobs. Go ahead, Nick. Sorry, I'm curious for you. What do you take from last year's Super Bowl week and also the Super Bowl? What from that experience? What do you, what does it do for you do for you this time around? Um, you know, la- last year, you know, you just try to take everything in. Obviously, it was my first time, you know, playing in, in, in a big game like this. And so it's a lot of media obligation and different things like that. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about football, though. You know, you can't let, you know, you can't let this week or next week kind of distract you from, you know, the primary goal. And that's to, you know, be ready for Super Bowl Sunday. Let's go next to Len Jennings. Go ahead, Len. Hey, Tarn. I hope we do well today. Hey. Uh, last year, this defense seemed to kind of progress as the season went along. It's like this season, it seems like the same thing, especially what you guys were able to do against the Bills last year. I just, do you kind of get the same feeling how you guys just seem to keep getting better week by week? And is that by design from Spags? Uh, well, you know, I think, you know, each and every week we, we, we try our best to go out there and, you know, really compete at a high level. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, especially when you get into postseason, um, you know, it's all about which team has the better defense on the field. And, you know, for us, it all comes about, you know, winning third downs, you know, not letting teams score over 17 or 20 points. Um, and I think as long as we can kind of, you know, stay in that mindset, um, I, I think, you know, we can give ourselves a chance to, to win any big game. Go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Tyron. I know we have asked you about Juan quite a bit this year, but in particular the last few weeks, it looks like he's finally putting everything together. Where do you see him as far as entering this game and maybe what he was able to do his rookie year and working his way back? Yeah, I think, you know, Juan is, you know, coming into his own, you know, once again, um, you know, obviously, you know, everybody has expectations, you know, for every player. Um, but I think for him, it was all about him taking his time. You know, he was coming off a, you know, a really, really, really big injury um, that that really affects, you know, defensive backs and reacting and different things like that. And um, so I think the more games he's played in, uh, the more plays he's made, um, his confidence is just continuing to grow. Um, I thought last week was probably, you know, one of his best games just from, you know, him reading, reacting and bursting to the ball. And so um, uh, I know he's, you know, licking his chops to get back on the field. And so we'll have another big opportunity, a big challenge for us. And I know he's going to come through and make some plays for us. Next to Herbie T.O.P. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Tyron. How you doing, man? Hey, doing good. 
from players' perspective, what stands out to you the most uh, or impresses you the most about Brett Veach's ability to build this team and, and put you in a position to run it back? Well, I think, you know, most importantly, it's all about, you know, finding the right guys that that fit, you know, the culture. <laughs> you know, I think we can, you know, I think if you have enough money, you can just go get anybody. But at the end of the day, it's all about guys that's, you know, going to come in and, and, and add to the culture, uh, guys that's going to come in and really adopt the philosophy, you know, the coaches around them and the leaders around them. And um, so he's done a great job of, of putting the right guys, you know, inside the locker room. Um, and I, th- I think that's a big reason why we're so close um, and we're so committed to winning with one another. Thanks to Seren Petro. Good, Seren. Tyran, just uh, get your, your thoughts. Number one, uh, Bruce Arians uh, was on a radio station down in Tampa yesterday and said he felt like the offense really started coming together in the second half against you guys. And I know you guys uh, gave up a couple of touchdowns at the end. Um, that, that was kind of a theme. It seemed like this team was more focused on like maybe the job was done and you guys maybe moved on a little quicker and there were some scores that made games seem closer than they were. I'm just curious your reaction to hearing him say that that's when their offense clicked and do you feel like they did something different coming down the stretch in that game? Well, I, I don't think it's any secret. Um, you know, if I remember correctly, um, I don't think I was too happy <laughs> after the Tampa Bay game. And, you know, obviously we gave up some big plays, um, but most of those things were technique things, uh, things that we can clean up. Um, so um, it's all about us just, you know, going back over the details, going back over the little things, you know, understanding that, you know, we're playing against Tom Brady <laughs> and it's going to take four quarters to kind of put this guy away. And doesn't matter how many points we're up by or what the situation is going into the second half. We got to find a way to kind of close the door on Tom um, because he's always shown you know, the ability to put his team, you know, back in the game. So it was a learning experience for us. And hopefully, you know, we've learned from it um, and we'll be ready to roll next time around. Hey, Tyreek. Hey, how you doing? Good. You know, last year was so exciting getting to the Super Bowl. And this year you guys are going back to try to defend that title. But Mm -hmm. how different does it feel? Because you guys aren't even going to go until the day before the game and you don't have all that week-long stuff. So is there some way that you can still prepare in that championship way um, without all of the, the, you know, ceremony that goes around a Super Bowl week? Uh, yeah, um, it kind of sucks that um, all of the fun, you know, gets taken out of, you know, the media, walking on stage and just, you know, meet, um, meeting different people. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's still football. You know, we're going to go down there, you know, and, and just um, – play ball, you know, um, luckily for us, you know, we had the chance to go down there and um, play them earlier in the year. So I feel like that's kind of, it's kind of, of, of an advantage for us, you know, knowing the field, knowing the weather, um, weather and just things like that. Sorry. Let's go next to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Ty. What's um, up, man? Hey, you, you're an athlete. You've played a lot of different sports at right. a high level Right. You play different positions in the game of football. Right. I'm just curious, specifically, what is it about football that you love that took you to the sport? And what is it you love about playing a receiver versus the other positions you played? I don't know, man. I just love, like, when it comes down to football, man, I just love competing. You know, um, just going against your man. It's man on man. And then just playing the wide out position, especially, like, like, it's either he beat you one play or you beat him. So, it's just competing for the ball and just, you know, just being that dog, you know. So, I mean, when I do something, I want to be the best at, at it, you know. Um, that's something that's something that 
um, my grandparents has taught me, you know, throughout my whole life, you know, um, don't be average at things. So it's just a fire in me, man, just competing. So that's all it is. I just love to compete and just and just trying to beat, you know, who, who's ever guarding me. Let's go next to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Terry. What's up, man? What, what is it about this team's ability just to kind of respond whenever maybe things don't go well in a game? You know, whether it's a moment, whether it's a quarter, however long it lasts, what, what is it about this team's ability to respond to those bad moments? Well, luckily for us, man, we got tremendous leaders. We got tremendous coaches on this team. I mean, Pat, Kelsey, being those, uh, being, being those on the offensive side, and then, I mean, everybody knows Eric B. Enemy. Um, he's very vocal on the sideline, you know, picking the uh, morale up of the team, you know. So we're very fortunate just to have those guys, you know, um, just in this organization, you know. And, you know, um, I'm not much of a talker, but, you know, when it's time for me to step up and talk and be that vocal leader for um, for the guys um, in the wideout room, I mean, I say my piece. But I feel like for me, I just, I just, I just, I just make plays. You know what I'm saying? I, I lead by example, baby. I just make plays. You know, so let's go next to Rob Collins. Good, Rob. Hey, Tyreek, uh, Chris Jones is up earlier, and he said that he reads everything on social media and takes it personal, uses it as motivation. I know you've been in the social media sphere the last couple of days with uh, other mm -hmm. players. What's your thought on social media, and do you use that as motivation as well? I will say I hate you guys. Yeah, uh, I, I hate the media so much, man, you know, because not you guys on this Zoom call right now, but – you know, social media, it can be fun and it can also be good, man. It, it just depends on how you use it, you know, but I, I don't get on social media and just look up things like that. I mean, I, I, I think it's good, you know, Chris, you know, uses something for motivation like that, you know. I mean, that's what do you call it? Bullet, bulletin board material, I, I would say, you know, so. But for me, man, I just go out there and play. Like I said, I just love the game of football and I just love competing. So. I mean, I think last night, man, me, me and my grandma was playing like a friendly volleyball game and it just got competitive out of nowhere. nowhere. She's like, are you mad? I'm like, no, ma, it's just the fire in me, man. Like you, like you put that in me. Like I just want to win. So it's just something about like competing, man. I just, I just love it. Good night to Pete Sweeney. Good Pete. Hey, Tyreek, when you go back to that week 12 game, everybody knows about the first quarter and the sharp call and everything like that. And then they right. changed their plan a little bit. <clears throat> right. What changed from quarter? You were still productive, but what changed from quarters uh, one and two, then two through four in, in their plan against you? I mean, I just got tired, man. I just got tired of running, man. For, nah, let me stop. But for real, though, um, Ty Bowles is a great defensive coordinator. Um, he's been doing it for a long time. So, I mean, I'm sure he's seen guys like me, you know, um, throughout his career. So, I mean, him just, I mean, just being able to like um, dial up cover twos, cover 55 scrums and, and things like that just slowed me down, you know? So, and then also putting Carlton on me, you know, slowing me down and then bringing the safety over top a little bit to double me and Kelsey. So that kind of slowed us down a lot. And then plus their front seven is tremendous. So, I mean, once they get clicking on defense, they're a great defense, you know? So Devin White flying around the field. So they're great, man. So. I just feel like I just got lucky, you know. Was I was just able to just get open. We'll go last to Herbie Tiope. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Kyrie, how you doing, man? What's up, man? Hey, nothing much. You mentioned Eric Bieniemy earlier, and I'm curious your thoughts on him because you were around him a lot. How right. surprised are you that 
here we are, another NFL head coaching cycle come and gone, and it, he he was not hired. Right. Well, I don't. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a GM or anything. But I mean, I will say, um, Coach Bienemy has helped me a lot. You know, the man, the player, and just everything I've become. You know, for for this Chiefs organization. But I mean, it's very shocking. You know that um, he didn't get a job. You know, um, I know. Like, like I know deep down inside, like he's gonna like look himself in the mirror and say, "What do I have to do better?" You know, so I can get that job next year or whenever the case may be. You know, so because because um he's that kind of dude, like he wants to get better and he wants to become a head coach. So his time will come. You know, I feel like everything happens for a reason. Like his time, his time will come. Like so. It'll come. But with that being said, David Cully did get a job. I will say he was my receiver coach when I first got to the Chiefs. I am real happy about that. So we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. It, it seems like you've had now a couple of opportunities to go against Tom Brady, and it seems like you two may have this little thing going on with each other. How would you describe that? Whatever you know, that maybe competitive edge, if you will. I don't know what he have against me. I don't have nothing against him. Uh, I just go out there and play hard and uh, try to try to affect the quarterback within the game. But I don't have nothing against him. Um, I think he's a heck of a player. Let's go next to Aaron Ladd. Go ahead, Aaron. Chris, hope you're well. We talked to Travis after the game about what feels different this year versus last year. And he said, you know, this year's this team's mindset had a lot of approve it, trying to go out and prove things last year, maybe felt – like you guys were, uh, you know, not belonging. How do you feel about that, I guess? I definitely agree with what Trav said. Uh, this is, um, that's a lot of history to be made on both ends. You got Tom Brady who is trying to make seven, and you got the Chiefs who is trying to make a um, back-to-back. So and um, they haven't been done in a while. So we're both fighting for something. And um, I feel like this year we took up on us as a team to, you know, not only – preach a running back, but truly believe that we had the team to do it to run it back and uh, repeat what we did last year. Let's go next to Herbie Tiope. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Chris, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you, Herbie? Hey, I'm well, thanks. We know what you guys can do on the field. We know what Coach Andy Reid can do from the sidelines. But from your perspective, what about the guy behind the scenes, Brett Veach? Well, what stands out to you or impresses you the most about his ability to build this team and keep this team together. Yeah, listen, um, that's a lot of guys that don't get mentioned uh, that um, play significant roles to keep this team together. Starting with the head scout, Ryan Nutt, you know, um, Brent Tillis, who is uh, uh, the contract guy, the numbers guy, Chris Shea, and um, and Veach, you know, and so far on to the other individuals that doesn't get the media attention that, you know, they deserve – yeah, it's a lot of guys behind the scenes that Mark Donovan has put in place in order to keep this team's success rate high. And, you know, I'm very thankful for the Hunt and the Hunt family for keeping me around to enjoy this ride. And um, we're very fortunate to be here. But Veach and his team is uh, remarkable uh, how they was able to manipulate the contract situation and keep us all together, you know. Especially when Pat texts me talking about he left money on the table. That's still baffled to me to this day. How in the hell you leave money on the table when you got a half a billion dollar contract? I still don't get it, but you know, some way they figured it out, you know. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. 
Hey, Chris, good to see you. I'm uh, just interested what you learned playing the Buccaneers earlier this year and, and what you may have learned sort of watching tape of them since that since that first matchup. Um, they're on a six-game winning streak, if I'm correct. The last time they lost was against us. Um, um, <clears throat> I think when they played us, um, they kind of readjusted some things, and they had a week off and then had a lot of guys get uh, acclimated to the to the system, Tom Brady likes and their coach. And uh, they, they've, been, they've been playing well, um, especially the later part in the season. You know, they went down to New Orleans and sealed the job on them. And then they went to Green Bay, who was the number one offense, and, and play outstanding. So we're, they're definitely a different team from, from when we played them a couple of weeks ago. We'll take three more starting at the top with Harold Kuntz. Go ahead, Harold. Hey, Chris. Hope you're doing well, man. Uh, Girl, likewise. <laughs> all right, man. Hey, uh, Tyree Kill said something real interesting after the game, and he talked about, you know, how Twitter was a motivating factor in that game. And I'm just curious when you guys are kind of looking at everything in social media and what have you, do you guys pull any motivation out of that, or is it just kind of the motivation is winning? Honestly, um, I get a lot of motivation for Twitter. Um, I read everything. Uh, I might, might not ever speak on it, but I read, I see everything that people say, and um, I take it personal. I take it very, very personal. No matter if it's good or bad, I just take it to heart. Man, I, I wear my emotions on my sleeves when it comes to that type of stuff, and um, I'm not an opinionated person, but when people tend to have their opinion on me or the way I play, I, I tend to take it personal. So uh, I can see where he's coming from, where that is motivation for him. It kind of motivate me also. The last two, Seren and then Therese. Go ahead, Seren. Uh, Chris, uh, on a radio station down in Tampa yesterday, uh, Bruce Arian said he felt that their offense really came together starting with the second half uh, against you guys in that game. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit and you really answered the bell against the Bills about the close games, people kind of knocking you guys for close games. So, you, you know, they, you guys were up 17, they cut it to three. Did, did you feel like they discovered something on you or did you guys maybe take off the gas pedal? And what's your reaction since you do take these things to heart to that comment from Bruce Arians? Um, listen, they, um, they made a few adjustments and, um, end up scoring a few touchdowns in the second half of that, but we was able to pull it off, but, uh, you know, no comment on that, you know. No comment. I'll go last to Therese Paler. Go ahead, Therese. Hey, Chris, how you doing, man? T-Man, what's good? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. It's good to see you and ask you this question because I think you're the perfect man to ask it to. Um, I know you guys got a tight new locker room, and I know being in there – you know, watching you kind of touch a lot of different corners of that room. So my question to you is in retrospect, like how much success, how much of the team's success this year can be attributed, you think, to the way you guys were able to stick together throughout a trying 2020? Like we know there was political stuff and people have different ideas, but it seems like you guys were able to really um, kind of put that stuff aside. And also it seemed like you created a welcoming environment for everybody and put together and just kind of put off all the trying stuff and come together for the common cause. So just in retrospect, how important was that to building the the type of team camaraderie necessary to make a run like this? Yeah, that, that's huge, man. Heck of a question, Therese. Um, that's huge, especially keeps the chemistry of the team together. And um, one quote that the team goes by is team first, team second, and team last. No matter what position of how good you're doing, you got to understand 
you're 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 benefiting the team, you know, and everybody have that same mindset. You know, even when Pat was MVP, we still was able to communicate. We still hung out. And, you know, um, that's just how it is within this team. You know, everybody can talk to everybody group. I go cuss the old lineman out, hang with them, crack a few jokes. You know, they're just the nature of this team in the locker room. It says a lot about, you know, the guys we talked about earlier, Ryan Nutt, finding high character guys, locker room guys that can come in and, uh, and converse with any type of group and uh, put their personal goals aside for the main goal. Chris, we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. Y'all guys, take care.